their ways of worshiping false god are bad ways, and there were consequences. There would be a drought that lasted for over three years, and with that drought, Elijah's life was on the line because King Ahab and Jezebel didn't like what he was doing. He finds himself in Zarephath, and there with the widow, they begin to live on just meager portions of oil and flour. Then there's a fiery showdown between Elijah and the prophets of Baal, 450 of them, and God prevails. And then Elijah meets God in person, face to face. Not in the earthquake, not in the wind, not in the fire, but in the what? The still small voice, the very sheer silence of God. And today, Elijah takes all that he's learned, all that he shared, all that he's been given, and begins to transition it to another. It's Elijah. You remember what the Lord told Elijah after we met him, after the Lord met him in the silence? Verse 15 of chapter 19 of 1 Kings. 1 Kings 19, verse 15. The Lord told Elijah, it's time for you to get back to work. Go on your way, and as you do, anoint, anoint several people. And one of those was Elisha. He became his disciple, and through war and the death of kings, we pick up today's text. So now we're in 2 Kings, chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. Join me in the scriptures you brought, those Bibles that are before you online, the Bibles that you have access or devices that anybody has that can look up the scripture. Let us turn to 2 Kings together, chapter 2, verse 1. Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up in heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of prophets who were with Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The company of prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he answered, Yes, I know. Be silent. Then Elisha said to him, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went and stood at some distance from them. As they both were standing by the Jordan, then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water. The water was parted to the one side and to the other until the two of them crossed together on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, Please let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. 
He responded, You have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted to you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah ascended in a whirlwind to heaven. Elijah kept crying and shouted out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He picked up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, and he went back and he stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water, saying, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? When he had struck the water, the water was parted to one side and to the other, and Elisha went this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Early in our service during the children's time, Angela shared Bibles with Lucia and Brendan. And we remember, perhaps in our own journey, our own family's journey, the time that we received God's word. It's not just the time as a third grader of an age to say, here, here's a gift that we want to give you. But it's a significant moment and opportunity in which the very presence of God, the living word of God, is offered to our third graders as a reminder that not only does this equip them, but now as they grow in age and faith together, that there comes a charge for them to begin to carry out this word and to live this word together. An example for us to continue to follow in our own journey, in our own Discipleship, not just for years down the road, but today and each day following. We know the scripture story in which we share today, we see a transition. It's a transition of one disciple offering to another disciple what he's learned and what's ahead for him in the days to come. We know it's going to happen. Verse 1 tells us. You remember, look at verse 1. What's going to happen to Elijah? He's going to go up in a whirlwind, and they begin to travel, and we learn through the next verses that, that they go on these journeys from Gilgal to Bethel to Jericho, all the way to the Jordan River. We've talked about Elijah for weeks, but as we're introduced to Elijah, I want to point out a few things about Elijah, which I think are obvious, but I think become important in us being disciples, too. One of the first things we see right away about Elisha is his dedication Look at the verses that you see at the beginning. Three times along the way, Elijah tells Elisha to wait and not go any further. And then how does Elisha respond? Verses 2, 4, and 6. What does Elisha say to Elijah? I ain't going nowhere. The Lord lives and you live. I will not leave you. Elisha says. Elisha is committed to Elijah to the end. It's an important statement, and we see this statement, but if we knew the whole story, if we had time to read all the scripture from 1 Kings here all the way to 2 Kings, we begin to understand the depth of this. And so just three verses I want to share with you that I think help us understand Elisha and this commitment he's made. So turn back to 1 Kings, chapter 19, verses 19 through 21. 1 Kings, chapter 19, verses 19 through 21. 
So Elijah set out from there and found Elisha, son, son of Shaphat, who was plowing. There were twelve yoke of oxen ahead of him, and he was with the twelve. Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle over him. He left his oxen, ran after Elijah, and said, Let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And then Elijah said to him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? He returned from following him, took the yoke of oxen, and slaughtered them. Using the equipment from the oxen, he boiled their flesh and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out and followed Elijah and became his servant. What did Elisha do after Elisha called him? The very profession he had, the very work that he did. He killed the oxen and cooked it. He used the equipment to make those apparatus to boil the meat. There was no turning back for Elisha. He couldn't say, hey, I'm going to try this, see if it works, and if it doesn't, I'll go back to what I've always been doing. But for him today, in this story, at this moment, he made a decision. A decision that there would be no turning back, but completely dedicated and committed to Elijah and the work ahead. Not only do we see Elijah's dedication and commitment, we also begin to see that Elijah knows what's happening. He's not tricked into this or forced into this, but acknowledges it and is willing to go forward. Look at verses 3 and 5 of the scripture this morning. Elijah's asked if he knows that his master will be taken from him. And Elisha says, yep, yes I do. Be silent. Don't need to talk about it anymore. Now there's the word again. We talked about being silent last week and being still and listening to God. I think here as we hear the same word in a little different context, to be silent in the sense we don't need to talk about this anymore. I know it. I accept it. And I'm moving on with that commitment that I've made. Elisha is not being led unwillingly or un unknowingly. He is aware of the requirements of the job. We also learn about the mantle. We hear that there's a mantle that is passed between Elijah and Elisha. A mantle is a person's outer robe. It's, it's a personal, more intimate garment that is worn. It's what travelers would use to cover themselves at night. It's, it's not a coat. It's part of one's identity and very personal, intimate belongings. Elijah's mantle was a sign of his power and his authority. In verse 19 that I just read from you, for you, we see that Elijah throws his mantle upon Elisha, foreshadowing what's about to come. Then Elijah uses his mantle to part. Today's scripture emphasizes us once again. Elisha's role as prophet and the authority and power that he had as a result of that. But we see what happens. At the end of the scripture in verse 13 today, Elisha picks up Elijah's mantle. And what does he do with it? Parts the Jordan. The power has been transferred from Elijah to Elisha carry on the work 
Moses died. And when they cross the Jordan, Elijah doesn't ask Elijah this time to wait. But Elijah asks Elijah, what is it that you want? What is it that I, Elijah, can do for you, Elijah? And you know what Elijah says? Verse 9. Look at it. May I inherit a double portion of your spirit. I think this is one of the most climactic responses that we have in Scripture of one who seeks to follow the path of the one who's taught him, and he asks to inherit a double portion of the spirit. You remember what Elijah says? It's not mine to give you. If you see me go up, you'll receive it. If you don't, but Elijah does witness Elisha's departure, departure, and he receives the spirit in which he requested. What is it? What is it that you've inherited from those who've gone before you? What will others inherit from you? What type of legacy? Elijah leads in a whirlwind. The celestial angels are in the chariots as the, the heavens are opened up. The spirit of Elijah is upon Elisha, and God's message continues. Is it continuing for you? Will it continue after you? Elijah is the only person we really have detail of this ascension. There's Enoch, and of course there's Jesus' story and his resurrection. Elijah's life thousands of years before Jesus begins to be a foreshadow for us, too, of the life of Jesus to come. We learn about God's relationship, God's love, and God's relationship with his people. That God does not leave those people. ministry that he calls his followers to will always continue. God does not leave his people unattended. When one passes, another is raised up. We've journeyed through some tough times together. As a church, we continue to deliberate and how we can best begin to offer the opportunities we have and grow in our faith journeys together. Our hope is in January we can begin to expand those once again in our small groups, our community groups, that our children and our youth can continue to grow in their faith and their journey, that we can gather back together on Wednesday night and perhaps other occasions and begin to share this faith in a more intimate, more personal, more challenging capacity and grow in our faith together. There's a lot that needs to be done. There's many to teach, there's many to lead, there's many to serve, there's many to participate. What is it perhaps for you that you're yearning you're seeking to do. Where perhaps may God lead you in this time together? Each of us needs to be in a nurturing relationship. A mentoring relationship. A disciple-making relationship. Whether we're the one being nurtured or we're the one nurturing another. You know, facing cancer that my dad has been looking at 
causes us or causes one at any time to look at life differently. Not just the end of life differently, but the past. What will one's legacy be? What will Maybe God's put someone in your life that you have an opportunity. 
opportunity to share the faith with through your witness, through your word, through your actions. Perhaps, just perhaps, God's seeking to offer you a double portion of his spirit to enable that to be true. Are we listening? Are we willing to receive?